0: wanted to ask you a quick question before we begin. Mazal tov. Um, oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, new status. Yes. Um, so um, after the Akedah, um, Abram does not, um, he does, at that point he doesn't hear from um, my God at that point anymore. Like there's no communication, right? Right after the Akedah. We don't hear of him hearing. Anything, yeah, it, it's one. It's one of it's one of these points that I think has very little validity, because I mean, it, it's like it's an observation, and then people take it very far. Oh, I, I know one person claims, "See, God was mad at him because he failed the okay, that God didn't speak to him again." Or you could say the opposite: he got to the highest possible level, and therefore he didn't need communication anymore. But I, I wrote in an essay last week. If you don't find it, I'll send it to you. That. God is silent in very critical parts of Avram's life. It doesn't tell him what to do or uh, how to respond, which means God, God is also not there when when there's a what, the, the war of the kings. He's not there when there's a famine. He's not there. i mean, again Avimelech, and, and that's even bad. That's the best one. He speaks to Avimelech but doesn't speak to Avram, which means there's so, so much silence in Avram's life, and God is not. On his uh, speed dial, that he gets to have a conversation whenever he wants, which is why I think that the observation. Oh, look after that, KD didn't speak to him. I'm not convinced it's really a strong point. It's an observation. Now, what does it mean? I don't, I, I don't know what it means, but generally, when people try to take it someplace, I'm, uh, I'm a little more hesitant. Where did you want to take it? I was just noticing that he, all, all communication breaks down for him after that. Point. Yeah. I- with everybody, the server, with Sarah, with and with God. It's yeah. just, um... But that's a good part of his life. It's meaning it's it's not unique. That's my point. It, it's so f- much not unique that that's really what's interesting. So I want to go back to an old problem, and actually, uh, last year we, we went over. What I would call the more traditional problem, and then we, you know, went someplace else with it. And what I'm saying now is not going to contradict anything that I said then. Quite the opposite. I want to go a little bit more into again what I would call the the, the more traditional issue. So let, let's start. Take a look. There's a problem between the relationship between the first. Verse of Vayera and the second verse and maybe even the third verse and a whole bunch of verses moving further. But let's start with the first one. Vayera Elov Hashem beElon Hu Yoshev Petach AYom. So I I am not necessarily the best writer. Apparently I'm prolific, but not necessarily the best writer. And through behavior modification, I've learned all kinds of things. Because when you get enough things corrected enough times, then you learn that that's not the way that you write. And I would never get, I would never be allowed to get away with this kind of a verse. And it only continues the next verse, the next one. So if you don't know what the problem is, it, uh, it never mentions the protagonist by name it should have said from the very beginning, Vayira Hashem El Avraham, which means that at least start off from the beginning. There should be an Avraham there someplace. Vayira Elav Hashem Elenim vahu Yoshev, Betach Vayisa Eina, Vayar V'Neshem mitzvim Alav, Vayar Vayarat Tzlukatam, which means it's, the name isn't there. And it continues, Vayomar, and the next word, is going to be a problem. and you know, at which point do we even find Abraham being mentioned in the text? I'm not saying Abraham isn't there. I'm just saying is that I would never be allowed to get away with this. I would be forced to say, you know, who? Are you? And my editor wife would say, who are you talking about? Why don't you say so? Why don't you let people know? Why do you think that everybody can figure out what's on in, what's in your mind, and so on and so forth? So. I know, as I said, I know I wouldn't be allowed to get away with this, so why does God get away with this? So I guess that being a divine author, there's certain uh, privileges, I guess that's the word, but nonetheless, I, I hope that you sense the awkwardness. The other point which is awkward is the first verse moving into the second verse, where, Now, We, for the most part, those of you who have not been afflicted, then you can let me know, but we, for the most part, at some point in our lives, probably earlier rather than later, have been Rashid. Now, for the most part, being Rashid is a very good thing to happen to you because it means that now you understand great deal through the prism of rabbinic thought, and that's a very good thing. But also, Rashi was such a brilliant Chumash teacher that rashi anticipated problems in the text or understood the problems in the text and he made them disappear so much so that the students us would not even necessarily be sensitive that there was a problem that just now disappeared so that's why somebody can though and write a book what's bothering rashi now working backwards and saying now let's go back and now look at the pustakan and see what is it that rashi was trying to answer because it's no longer obvious to us. Which means, again, we as the learner reader, we don't even know that there was something which was problematic. So I'm going to say it again. There, there, what was problematic here? And the answer is, there there is a huge problem. And the huge problem essentially is that we're told that God comes to visit or, or God is revealed to Avraham. And there is no content over here to what exactly was the purpose of that visitation. So, Again, what Rashi does is completely brilliant and let's go take a look and see what he does, how he does it, and why we know what we know or don't know what we don't know. Rashi, towards the source number two, towards the bottom of the page love Now just realize with that small little comment, Rashi solved the problem. So therefore no school child is ever going to ask again, hold it. It just said that God appeared to Ov didn't say why he's there, but we all know why he's there. And it continues. It was the third day after his Brit Mila. And God came to visit, which then teaches you a great point that when sometimes when someone doesn't feel well, then you need to come and visit. And by the way, Hilchot, uh, the laws of uh, Bikir Cholim include some other things that you need also to see if they need anything. Avram needed something. What did Avram need? Avram needed, he had this need to take care of people. So therefore the text then continues and teaches us some more things. But again, Rashi is actually solving both problems here. Because if it's the third day of the Mila, so then essentially what Rashi is telling us to do is please go back, look at the end of last week's Parsha when he was commanded to have the Brit Mila and simply read this as the continuation of last week. And how did we end last week? Avram had a Brit Mila, you know, the age of 99, so him and his whole household, and now we can continue further, which means, of course, Avram, you know, God appears. Why? Because he's going to visit the sick. So Rashi, you know, again... Sometimes I think that we we underestimate the the brilliance and the it, it, it's the he's a virtuoso again Rashi doesn't need me but because we understand the text so seamlessly and we're not troubled at all but the problem with that is that more often than not meaning Rashi doesn't write like Tosut writes on the Gemara. Tosot writes, write and ask the question, and then he gives you the answer, so you know there's a problem, you know there's a solution. Over here, Rashi makes the problem disappear because he gave you such a wonderful solution. But that didn't mean that there wasn't a problem. So let's try again. R- Rashi is going to continue again the same way. Of course. So Rashi here is again very focused on the Brit Mila. So of course that's where it's going to take place because this is, Rashi is just showing you this is a continuation of the previous narrative. And I'll say it again that other problem why doesn't it say his name? Because it's just a continuation. You'll shave. Right? And I'm going to skip a little bit. The rest of that Rashi I did explain last year. Why is he outside the tent? To look if there's anybody there. Why is it hot? Hotsia Kadosh God made it especially warm, shelo latrichol baorchem, so that people shouldn't bother him. Olafisha or omits the air shelo yorchem ba'im. And since Avram was so troubled because people weren't coming, hevia malachim alav b'dmutan hashem, and therefore God brought these angels who had the form of humans and by the way Rashi solved another bunch of problems by saying this why over here are they people by, by load afterwards it's angels but, but, but again everything is, uh, is seamless okay excellent so then we get to the next pasuk, vayar, and God had come to visit, and the reason why we don't know anything is because simply Avram didn't feel well, and God comes to do the B'kir b- Cholim, but Vayar and then, but God then, as visiting the sick, he knows what Avram's needs, or Avram's need is to take care of somebody. By the way, very important, the mitzvah of b- is Cholim is to help somebody with what they need. So you, it's not just to go in and bother somebody and you feel good because you went to visit someone who's sick. To visit some, the mitzvah b'k'cholim is to help somebody with what they need. God sees that what Avram really needs is to have guests, so therefore he solves His problem and he fulfills the mitzvah b'k'cholim properly. By the way, there's also a opinion of the Ramban that if you went to visit and you didn't daven for the person, that he didn't do the mitzvah bikacholim. So presumably, God davening itself is a very interesting concept. So presumably, whatever it's feeling needed to be said, God said it, although maybe God can save the middleman there and uh, and just cause Avraham's healing to take place. So again, Avraham's troubled. He lifts up his eyes. He goes, he runs to see them. And he says, now we're in Pasuk Himmel. Now the second word in that Pasuk is not so clear how to pronounce it or if one should pronounce it. Vayomar, so now if we'll go back to Rashi again, what are we in Pesachim? Vayomar Hashem imna. Now Rashi just now did something very funny. Ligadol shebahem amar ukratam kulam adonim. uligadol amar na ta'avar. V'keven shelo yavar yomdenu so, what Rashi just now told us, and, and I want to read another phrase in Rashi, and then we'll go backwards. Now, I'm going to pause there in Rashi and go back and look at the verse. Rashi just now informed us that there's two ways to read the second word in Pasuk Gimel, Aleph, Dalad, Nun, Yud. Is he saying to the people that are passing by, sir, and that's a little strange. Why is it in the singular? But Rashi already explained that. Again, he made the problem disappear. If there are three people there and he bows down and he says, sir, so to the most important one, so now Rashi makes it sound like, and the Midrashim will fill this in. There's one in the middle, and there's two people on the side, and he identifies the one in the middle as the important one, and the other one are just walking with him. So he says, Sir, you know, if you will, please come and you know, don't pass by, and come and I'll give you some water, and so on and so forth. But Rashi, and, and therefore the word is Adonai, which means Sir, Master. And Avram, again, is very, very modest and uh, self-effacing, and therefore he calls his potential guest Sir, but Rashi then said, "There's a second possibility, and that Aleph Dalad, Nun Yud means God, and therefore he says to God, God, alna right imna matzatichem alna which means God just came to visit. Don't go anywhere. Wait." And then he turns to the people, and pasuk Dalad would be switching to the guests and say, "Yikach no mayim." So, if we'll be honest. You want to be honest, or, or we don't like honesty. And honesty, which way does it really flow better? It probably flows better that he's speaking to the people, but again, with an, with a degree of awkwardness, because why is it singular and not plural? But the flow between pasuk gimel and pasuk dalit is not a simple flow, because sir, you know, please don't pass by. But then it goes into the plural of ra'glechem. So essentially, we have a confusing text. But there's a very important issue in this confusing test. Now you could tell me it doesn't seem so important to you, but the second word in pasuk gimel, when the sofer writes it, does he have in mind he write he's writing God's name, or does he have in mind that he's writing about some Bedouin who are traveling around in the desert? When you read it, what what kavana do you have? When you listen to it, what kavana do you have? When when, when you explain what the pasuk means, what does which means to say it's kodesh or chol? That's a big difference. To say that that is a holy name of God means one thing. And to say that it is whole, it's just a nice way of addressing his guests, makes a very big difference. Now, this was interesting that Rashi told us that there's two possibilities. Now, of course, Rashi is going to say there's two possibilities. Why? Because Chazal tells us there's two possibilities. So Rashi over here is again being very true to Chazal, but, but he, he, he hesitates. Now, in his whole narrative... Which one worked better? It probably worked better that it was Kodesh, because God appears to him, and then comes to visit him. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Then sends these people, and then Avram's got to turn to God and say, listen, don't go anywhere. I need to go and uh, take care of my guests. So it probably within Rashi's narrative, it would have worked better to say that it's Kodesh, so we'll just go back to Rashi for a moment. Rashi actually started by saying, "If you look again, source number. If you look in uh, source number two, right So Rashi just said, "And he quote, and the gemara and Shavod is being addressed. R- Rashi didn't put in that that notation." Whatever whoever's been publishing these things they stick in the donation the notations. So we essentially have a really big problem to know which one it means. If we go to the Rashbam, and back to the beginning, the Rashbam is gonna do something which actually may surprise some of you. And the reason we may surprise some of you, and again I'm gonna pause, some of us who know. Some of the things I'm going to say today would most likely know about it via the Ramban, because the Ramban is going to attack an opinion that, really attack an opinion that he thinks is terrible, and that opinion is, as usual, the Ramban attacks very strongly, it's going to be the Rambam. But the Rashbam and some others are not all that far from what the Rambam says, although. It's not identical. So I, I want to be a little careful over here. But if you have no idea what the Ramban says, if you have no idea what the Rambam says, if you have no idea what the Rashbam says, so then take a deep breath and be patient. Let's start with the Rashbam. And I'm just letting you know it's very different from Rashi. Not quite as far as the Rambam, but uh, it's interesting that he doesn't get attacked. That, that's what's interesting. Rashbam, Beira I love. Heich. Now, now, he's going back to the first Passover. What did it say? Vayira What does he mean, Hey, What kind of question is, how does God appear to him? Now, that, that question meant nothing until you see the answer. Shaboh elav shloshah enashim shahayu malachim. Shabar beim hakomot kishinira malach karim balashon shechina. Now, let's just go back and see what he said, said to do. He said, read the first pasuk. Vayira alav Hashem. God appeared to him while he's sitting by the tent by the heat of the day. How does God appear to him? Vayisa the appearance of God is by virtue of the three angels who are coming and giving him some kind of revelation, which means there is no disconnect between Aleph and Bed, it's not that God came to visit the sick. It's not that God then is that, that He's going to turn to God and say, "Oh, listen, wait, I got some guests over here." It's not that God sees that Avram is destroyed, because no guests come over here. Rather, it says that God appeared to Abraham, and he, when he's sitting by the tent in the heat of the day. He lifts up his eyes and he sees the three men. That is the vision. Vayera vayisa What was the, th- the vision that he had? The vision that he had was the three people that are coming. It's also quite interesting. Because now I can ask this really annoying question, when it's called a vision, does it mean that it happened or not? Which means if we were, I mean, we know that there's life in other planets, and if we were able to get the video recording from the Martians about what happened, and it showed Avram sitting by the tent in the heat of the day, and he never got up that day, so you're going to say, ah, we have vis- we have video evidence that the Torah is not true, or you say, no, you can't prove or disprove. It says that Avram has a vision. Avram sees it. So it doesn't mean that he got up. It does mean that he didn't get up, which means he sees something. Now seeing something, this vision, that is this a vision which took place in our real world, or is this a vision that took place in his mind? And now I hope that I've completely confused you as far, and you now you see how easy Rashi was? Wasn't it so much easier? Avon doesn't feel when well. God comes to visit the sick. Gnukt. That's it. You don't need anything else. Why, why, why are we making the world complicated? But... Fortunately or unfortunately, the Rashbam just now did. So let's take a look at the Rashbam again, because, as I said, that perhaps was a little bit more interesting than we may have realized. And he says again, Heich Hashem malachim. And abeim hamalach Okay, and he makes a comparison with the with the snap, the burning bush. V'chein malach and he says, take a look, because the, what's taking place by the burning bush is not all that different. The Bechor Shor, who very often we know, is not all that different from the Rashbam. Source 4. God appeared to him. As is explained moving forward. Now that's really interesting, because when he says God appeared to him, when did God appear to him? So what he is doing over here, let's let's go back, well, actually the other way around, let, let, let's take a look at the text and see how much we have over here. If we go back and look at the text, God appeared to him Pasuk Aleph, but it doesn't say what God appeared and, and, and said to him, and that's not going to happen until we move a little bit further on to Pasuk Yud Zayin, Vashem Amar HaMechasenim Ma'avam Asher Anielse. And God said, Am I going to hide for him? Which means the whole purpose of all of this is what happens in Pasuk Yud Zayin, but God appeared. But before God can speak, before anything else happens, we have this whole other interlude. And again, I'll tell you that I discussed the whole interlude last year to tell you why it was so significant. We're not going there now. We're really going to be stuck on that first pasuk, moving to the second pasuk. But look look what the Bachar Shura did. He also said that there's not, again, again, what was the problem that we had with, that Rashi was trying to address? Why do you have a revelation without content? And therefore, I need to, con- to create the content. The content I create then is God visiting the sick. But now, according to the Rashbam, there is content. What's the content? The three men that are coming. According to the Bechor Shur, what's the content? The content is the conversation that will be told to us on Pasuk Yud Zion. But again, I have content in both cases, and I still have that problematic Pasuk Gimel, who is Avraham speaking to. Going further, looking at. Yeah, by the way, the B'chorsha continues as. But it's not like some people think that first God appeared, and then the three people came. No. It's that it's telling us this whole general story, although the Sure the is not so simple, why it would say Vayera and then tell us about the people and then go back to what God said. So I'm just pointing out there is a complexity. Now, look at source number five. We're going to get to five, six and seven and eight fairly quickly. And what they're going to do is they're going to actually debate re- regarding that word, in pasuk Gimel, again, just to remind us of it, where it says VaYomer Alaf Dalad Nud Yud, and the question is, is that Kodesh? Is he saying God, or is he saying Sir? Is he talking to God, or is he talking to one of the angels? So, starting with source number five in Midrash Rabba, VaYomer, so Ibn Tzaddikhein, Tani Reb Chia, LeGadol Amar Zemichael. So who is he talking to? He's talking to one of the angels, Michael, and therefore I can pronounce it, Vayomer Adonai, which means he's saying, Sir, to one of the three, the one who he thinks is the most significant. Source number six, you'll realize that Rashi actually is utilizing this. it's even greater to take care of your guests than to welcome in the Shechina, I once gave a shir on this years and years ago. So what does that mean? It, let's say there's a guest by the door and I didn't daven yet. Does it mean I should shouldn't daven mincha? I should Davimincha mincha. Deal with the guests. What does this mean in terms of halacha? Dichti vayomer How do you know this? Because it says Hashem So therefore, that, this gemara is certainly reading it as there's a Gilui Shechina. And nonetheless, the guests come. So it's more important to give out the guests. Therefore, he says, Listen, God, don't move. Let me go deal with my responsibilities and then I'll be back. Which means, nonetheless, God allows himself to be treated like this. Source number seven, on the other hand, now, for, first of all, I have to point out, read the second line first, and then we'll look at the first line. This Gemara in said, and this, is, this was the citation there in that Rashi, Whenever it uses a name of a name which could be a name of God by Avram, they're all Kodesh except for one which is Chol. Which one? Our Pasuk. And therefore our Pasuk is Vayomar Adonai beinacha that Avram is speaking to the angel, the guest, the man, and therefore it's not God's name. By the way, look now at the line that I skipped the first line here. This was one of the online digital versions of the Gemara Avram Hashem. Do you like that? You you realize it's wrong, right? Or you don't realize it's wrong. Do you realize why this is amusing or no? Apparently, they have some kind of automatic digital way that whenever it said Aleph Daladun Yud, it just turned it into Hashem, even though if you read the Gemara, the Gemara is telling you that this is Chol, and they put two Yuds there, and insisting to you that it's Chol. I saw this in two different w- places where they have digital copies of the, of the Gemara, and uh, as I said, I'm uh, just somewhat amused because it's just completely wrong and you can imagine people now misreading this text because they misread the text. I'll, I'll show that to you again, just in case you didn't catch that. Again, look at source number 7, the first line, kol Kol kodosh and it says yud yud, which absolutely means Hashem. It's not what it says in the Torah. In the Torah it says alef yud, and the Gemara is trying to tell you that it's chol. So if it's chol, write alef nun yud, meaning sir, and don't put two yuds over there. So this is just absolutely a uh, uh, a terrible mistake, and then I said, I sorted multiple places already. I guess I should write to them and tell them to fix it, but uh I wanted it to still be there' I can show you, otherwise you know why would you come if I can't show you things like this? The Gemara then continues and says ben they said no. This is... Which means now you can put the two Yuds here. Kiman Azlah, Hadam, Rabbi Yehuda, Like those two, which means Chanina ben Achir Rabbi Yeshua, and Releus ben Azariah, they said, no, no, this is also Kodesh, because because Avraham is speaking, in fact, to God. Which means if we go back to source number one, and I go to Pasuk Aleph, God appears, go to Pasuk Bed, Avraham looks up and sees three people, go to Pasuk Gimel, Avraham says... And now I don't know who he's talking to and what he just now said. I don't know if he's talking to God and says, God, please wait and let me deal with my guests. Or if he says to the guests, please don't pass by and please come into my tent. And there's a huge difference between the two. Take a look now, if we continue further. Um, we have another Midrash, which I think we already saw almost the same thing in Source 8. We saw this before. In Source number 9, the Rambam Paskins for us, Kol Shemot Arun Ba'Avram kodesh, which means the Rambam Paskins in Hilchot Yisodei Torah, he tells us that this is also Kodesh which means that Avraham is in fact speaking to God okay so that's the Rambam Paskins therefore telling you how you should write your sefer Torah how you should read your sefer Torah how you should learn your sefer Torah and good now source 10 is interesting because it's called the Medrush the Medrush HaGadol, and I may be overreading this, but the Medrush HaGadol often, I, I can't tell you how often, but often when there is a teaching in the Rambam that we don't have a source for, the Medrush HaGadol has the source for the Rambam. However, the Medrush HaGadol may very well in fact be, well, it is after the Rambam. It was found in the Gimnesia in Cairo. Actually, I think the first book that Rabbi Steinsalz ever published was he was the editor of one of the volumes of the Medrash Hagadol. I think Bamidbar. I don't recall 100% either by Yeku or Bamidbar. I think, and uh, so of course it has, it, it includes drashot of the Rambam. We don't know any place else because they saw that there's a drash for the Rambam, so they stuck it in. Similar. I've, I'm sure I've said this before, that the Yalkut Shemoni will have teachings which are found in Rashi because the Yalkut Shemoni was collected after Rashi. So that's also one of the sources. So if he quotes a Chazal, it would be in the Yalkat Shemoni. If the Ramah quotes a Chazal, it'll end up in the... Midrash HaGadol. So sometimes you have to be careful because I'm sure there are people who don't know this and say, oh look, I found a source for that Rambam. It's in the Midrash HaGadol without understanding that in fact it's the other way around. It's in the Midrash HaGadol because it's in the Rambam not the other way around. Okay. So, moving back to the Midrash HaGadol. So what does it do? It quotes both opinions. Okay. That's all. Of course, both sides. One is it, and it says "Alaf Yud." Omer Reb said that he's talking to the Gadol Shabem. On the other hand, Acher He was talking to God, so it has both sides. In a semi-authoritative book regarding how you write Sifrei Torah, is the Mesechet Sofrim, and it says "Kol Shemad Amarim Kodesh." all the names by Avram, the names of God, are Kodesh, which according to this, he's talking to the angels, just to confuse us, which is interesting, because that also then would be, but he quotes the other side, but it's talking about the second one, not referring to ours now. So, the Bin Shai is a book, That it's one of these books that you may have and not know that you have it is found in lots of copies of the Makrot Kadolot, especially the older ones and it's stuck someplace very often in the back there, and the reason the Shai is so important, and this is one of the reasons why we wouldn't know about it is that it will very often tell us if there are different versions to a text, there's different spelling of a word, it's with a yud, without a yud, with a vav, without a vav and, you know, we live in a world that we, you know, we don't want people to know that there may have been any intrigue, but just realize a second that in different places, in any limited geographical area, there was possible that there was a mistake, and I'll call it a mistake, that became popular. He tells you about things that were found in different manuscripts. Over here, he writes, VaYomar, and that word Aleph, Nun Nunyud, Hanun Kimutza. What does that mean? It's a kamatz, Okay. Because in the Torah we don't know if it's a patach or a kamatz, because we don't. The Torah itself has no vowels. The Itav Sofrim and the Masechet says Kol Hashem u'Rabba Avim Kol Hashem which is this one. But Yomer I right? And he says V'Halche Itav Perach Shvu Ta'Edut, and that's the, the gemara that we. That's the opinion we found in one of the gemaras right? And he quotes the Gemara. On the other hand, there was the other second opinion there, Amru avzekadosh Kadosh. So, as we know, there's an argument about it. He's going to try to settle the argument. And he goes and quotes this other opinion that's Kodesh. And he writes, Um Kamutz In all of the copies of the Torah, that, that we can have to be very careful, there are codexes, Including the most famous, the Aleppo Codex, which did have trup to it and did have the ta'amim. And there he says, in all of the codexes, so essentially what he's saying is that if it were really speaking to the people, and now I'll just readily admit that this diktuk point is out of my league that if it were speaking to the angels or the people, then it should have said Adonai with a patach, but if it's speaking to God, it should be with a kamatz. That's his point. Now, can I evaluate this? Of course not. I went to yeshiva. I don't know such things. So uh, if anybody actually understands that, then uh, you'll have a lot to say on Shabbos. But what his point is, and again, he's quoting Rebbeinu B'chayi, which we could have brought. You'll take a look. He insists that this is a rule of diktuk, that to speak that when we're speaking of God, I guess the definitive master, which is with the kamatz, but but a, a generic sir master is with uh Patach, and he says therefore this is very clear that the true explanation is that or the shot and the true explanation is that this is in fact speaking to god and therefore there's no and, and therefore he says no, there's really no two opinions here even though he showed us that there are two opinions but the Minchel shai does a good job of uh of trying to solve these kinds of cases so Let's move on, and I think we'll finally now get to. Yes, we see this, or we don't see this. Yes, now we see it. So, the Ramban will, as is his wont, attack the Rambam in the Meronavuchim. and you know he's going to disapprove. I don't think he ever quotes a Meronavuchim and says, "Wow, that was a great shot. but he disapproves. nemar ki aparsha klal uprat. Right, first, it says God appears, then it tells you the prat, what it was that he saw. The God appears. So, therefore, this is what the Rambam says um, took place. Right? Which means there was no visitation of God other than the three people that are there, sort of like what we saw before in the Rashbam. Right? And therefore, he was talking to one of the people. And therefore, for our purposes today, there, the Aleph Dalad Yud would be Chol, according to that. So the Ramban is saying, What are you talking about? How, If there were people there that he's giving them a barbecue, how in the world did it say and God appeared to him? The Kachalonim said Pacola Nivot. The Nailed Varav Lola Sha Sara Ugoat. The Avraham Ben Bakar. The Gamkin Lot Sahaka Sara. Rakakol Mare. The Imkain Baha Chaloma Zeberov in Yanke Chalamota Sheker. Kimato Elat Larot Locol Ze. Now, do I need to explain to you that the Ramban is not happy? I mean, this is really a very strong attack, and he, and and he's accusing him of a of, of, of terrible thing, and you don't know why. I, I just want to stay on that point a second. You, you read this, and you don't know why the attack is so strong. You know, in the Gemara, Kodesh Chol, there's a difference of opinion. Okay, so but but why is he so strong? And he said, according to you, it never happened. It never took place. And the whole thing is sheker. The whole thing is silly. The whole thing is uh, is is absurd. No, and, and again, all of that is very. Interesting, but but why this strong attack? The Ramban didn't have to go so strong. Now, my initial thought would be, and is, and we're just going to see if we're going to stay with the initial thought, is that maybe what really bothers the Ramban is the nature of prophecy. And we, we do know that the Ramban... I mean, the Rambam's point there was to talk about prophecy, and sometimes prophecy is in visions, and therefore he's very happy to tell us about all kinds of visions over there. On the other hand, it could be that the Ramban, who we know to come much more from a Kabbalistic perspective, sees nevuah in a different way, and therefore is not really all that, doesn't take very kindly to the Rambam's description of nevuah, which he thinks is absolutely not necessarily accurate and he doesn't like the way that he says it so i'm saying that that would have been that is my first i'm not say would have been that that is my my gut feeling the problem is i saw something this week which leads me to suspect that maybe the ramban has something else up his sleeve and something else which bothers him because even if you're little you disagree with him about a So there's lots of things he disagrees i'm just saying the attack is an extremely strong attack and we're not exactly sure yet why the attack is so strong. He, he continues and and he tells us, I mean, part of the point is, you know, so, so when, when does the reality come back? And it's, you're not allowed to say such things and certainly not, you, you, again, you're contradicting the text. You're not allowed to say them, and you're certainly not to believe them. So again, why is this really so strong? And as we saw, he's not the Rambam's not the only one who says this. And then he goes So he, he says now, and, and it, now he really does go into a bit of a discourse with how prophecy works, and the prophecy of Moshe is different, and so on. And I'm not going to read the rest of this you're certainly welcome to. The Rambam, on the other hand, the Meronavuchim, which was being quoted and attacked, is in source 14. And he says, He says that whenever he talks about angels, well, these things are always taking place in uh, visions. And that means that they don't happen in a three-dimensional world. They happen in a world of of, of a vision. And the Rambam says this in all kinds of cases. And and again, I'll I'll say that it's very, very possible, maybe even like me, Maybe most likely this is the whole issue about the argument is about the nature of prophecy and the Rambam uh, again goes a little further over here. And says, "Will say, 'I carry Gadol nata Achad ben a Chachamim, but Gadol Migdul Lehem, love Hashem Yilenu Higdim Klal, Vuhu, who I love, it's Chiel of Ra'ir, Echay Tatzurat T'horaahu, va'Marshut Cherash va'Mar Mamar." עליהם, ואמר זה שפירש זה, הפירש שמה אמר ברם, ויומר, אדוני, יונא מצאתי חיין בינך, אלנת עבור כן סיפור מה שאמר במראה נבואה לאחד מהם, ואמר לגדול שבהם אמר, ובין העניין הוא, עוד בסוד מנסודות. So whenever there's a Malach, he's going to go along these lines, which means very clearly, I hope you now appreciate the Rambam just now explained in depth why he believes that the Aleph Dalad Nunyud was whole and maybe you recall that the Rambam in Hilchot Yisodei Torah said it was Kodesh so this is interesting because the raman paskind it was Kodesh. and over here in in the meranavuchim he said that it's whole because he says no that that's the narrative the narrative is avram is speaking to the the, the angels who look like people and that's part of the vision and therefore it's whole so therefore by the way it may actually be why in the Migdal, in Midrash HaGadol, he quotes both of them, because the Rambam, in fact, said both. The Rambam in the Misha Torah brings one, the Rambam in Marun brings the other, so therefore the Midrash HaGadol brings both, because he, he brings very often what the Rambam says, and in this case the Rambam says both. But we're not quite there yet, because there's still something that we're missing, and uh, let's go a little bit further. The Radak... The Radak has a whole nother interpretation of this. And and, then the question is how much we're going to get into the Radak. And let's look at it quickly. Vayirilav HaShebelin Aimamre, B'Mokom, right? Okay. Vinagla'i Lav HaKel Sham shama Shamalahodia Devar Stone. So he says. Really, the main point over here clearly is the whole story of stone, which really is very much what we spoke about last year. And but he also says something else. That here, look a little bit further. I'm going to put it at the top of the page, towards right. He says over here. <laughs> A to Petachol that Avram receives a nevoah that's the vision. That Avram fell asleep. Before God spoke to him, God shows him this vision. So, you, by the way, it's similar, maybe in a sense, the Brit aptarim Avram has a vision. the It was Laila, and, and God shows him this vision. He has the vision of the three people. And, and the most important one comes to give the message that Sarah is going to have a kid. So why is it telling him again in a dream, in a prophecy, to, to strengthen the belief? So she says. So he says that Sarah, who we know is a great. Prophet, she overhears Avraham's dream and the speech of the Malach in Avraham's dream. See, if I would have said that by myself, you would have said to me, What are you talking about? Did you just see the words here? There are times that somebody who's near the prophet can overhear the prophecy as well and therefore Sarah heard this prophecy that came to Avraham when God came to visit him to tell him about Stone. He also came to strengthen him and this is a dream and Sarah hears the dream that Avraham had. And by the way, some of you may now say to me, wow, we're working a little bit hard now, aren't we? So now, The Ibn Ezra is going to tell us what he thinks, but he's going to do something else. He's going to tell us what not to think. And when I read the Ibn Ezra, I was just like, it opened my eyes. I said, wow, I can't believe that he wrote that. Actually, I do believe that he wrote that. But um, unfortunately, this is the only thing you're going to remember from the whole share today. You're going to remember the Ibn Ezra, and he's going to tell you not to listen to him so of course when someone says not to listen to you then you can't help but listen but li- but look what the, the look what the Ibn is troubled by and i'm going to say it now before we get there it's possible that this is why the ramban was so upset because he felt the rambam takes you in the same direction not that the Rambam went that far but he was worried that you're going to think what the Ibn Ezra told you not to think was that clear enough or you want to see the Ibn Ezra already Oh, Abba, you're gonna like the Ibn Ezra. Ibn Ezra writes as follows: Vayera, he nektsat to e ruach. That in some of the editions, these people of mistaken spirit. Amru ki Hashem, God appeared to him. Shlosha an hu echad shlosha v'lo yid perdu. Some people think that this is evidence of the Trinity. The God appeared to him, and he looks up, he sees three people. Oh, there you go. There you have the Trinity. And by the way, St. Augustine, I don't know, some of you just Augustine, maybe, you know, you're not on saint level with him. He actually used this, those of you who don't know, he lived a really long time, long before the Ibn Ezra, and he actually used this as a proof for the Trinity. And... The Ibn Ezra saying, don't believe it. And by the way, the best reason not to believe it, he says, because it's not in 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 the Torah. He says, Malachim says And he goes in and then he tells us the more um, acceptable approach. So actually one of the commentaries on the Ibn Ezra, this is an edition which is called the Mechokkei Yehuda, Yehuda Lev Krinsky, who uh if you saw a picture he looks like an Orthodox rabbi, they accuse him of being a maskil, but uh he writes a who hashilush? the people who believe in the Trinity Hashilush Sha Mim Shizheni Rala Avram and so that is essentially what the Ibn Ezra is telling you not to think. And of course, you now have to go back and read through the whole chapter from the beginning. And again, I don't think it's so hard because the three people, they take leave and they go. And then God speaks to Avraham, which means, of course, God, Chas is not one of these three people. But I'm going to go back and say, I wonder I wonder if the Ramban, who we know is involved in polemics in terms of Christianity, I wonder if the Ramban was very concerned that somebody's going to misunderstand that God appears in the in the form of three people and the Ramban is going like this, no, don't say that. Don't let anybody think such a thing. Don't even suggest such a thing. And uh, and maybe that's why there's such a violent attack. And as I said, when I first saw the Ramban, I was going to okay, it's the nature of prophecy because that's mainly what goes on. But when you go back and you look at that, that Ibn Ezra, and Ibn Ezra says, No, no, don't read it like this. And I understand why the Ibn Ezra did this. The Ibn Ezra, by the way, had far more contact with non Jews than sometimes we know or sometimes we realize. And the Ramban certainly heard this shot and he was told this by people and he says no you can't say this this is just wrong and as i said uh, you you can just read through the text yourself going further but i'm, I'm going to say it again that you know you thought this whole thing was complicated when i started that it was complicated just in terms of is this kodesh or is this whole and now you understand that not only whole you got the holy ghost now showing up as well and uh and this now just now became a lot more uh a lot more explosive than perhaps you had uh, you had realized so again it's very interesting the various baliyotosfas who weren't afraid which means the rush bomb who lives during the times of the crusades and he's not afraid to say again that god appears and how does he appear he gives off this vision of three people and and he's not troubled by this and uh, he felt confident enough to be able to say you know I think this is pshat in the Chumash, and not be afraid of the possible misunderstandings in terms of Christian doctrine. While the other hand, the, the Ibn Ezra again is very interesting. I mean, people are actually shocked when you. I mean, how many of you have thought that you've learned the Ibn Ezra before and you've seen this before and you say, "Hold it, I don't remember." The, you know, this is not in my Ibn Ezra. Go take a look if it's sitting there, and I think it may actually be sitting there. The the only thing that may not be there is in parentheses when he attacks the people that believe this, people who were of mistaken spirit. Who believe this, which is also very interesting because I think he's making fun of the Holy Ghost when he says this. People of mistaken spirit. I think that he's uh, actually uh, being typical Ibn Ezra, using his uh, witticism over here, his sharpness, to uh, to attack this. But, uh, you know, look what happened. You know, we, we, we were innocent. I mean, as far as we know, this text took us to uh, Pesach. And we know the Christians tried to hijack Pesach and now the Ibn Ezra went and, 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 and took this away from us as well. But but again, I told you, he says not to say this, not to believe that that's what's going on. But rather, we have this uh, we have this tension. I, again, I I believe if you go back and look at the Radak, I think the the Radak has great value because again, the whole issue from the beginning is somewhat imaginary. Rashi, our great teacher, again is saying, oh, why does God come? There's no content, so therefore he comes to visit the sick. But we know why God came. We know what the content is. The content is told to us a little bit later. God comes to tell Avram about the destruction of stone. It says that right there, which means this teaching of Chazal that, that it's more important to take care of the guests, that is really a good... Te- when I say it's a good teaching... That's really well grounded. God appears, and Avon looks up, sees the three guests, deals with the guests, and then God tells him why he came. Which means the, the the problem is not as difficult as we think. The whole thing about the Trinity is completely imaginary, because God appears, and then the three people appear, and then the three people go, and then God is still there. And so I'm just saying it, it it's not it's not a problem. It's the the thing is Saint Augustine who actually wrote about the Trinity and is searching for it. So he's working a little bit too hard. It doesn't mean that I have to fall for uh, what what he said. I'm saying it's quite the opposite when you read through the whole text. It's, it's not really there. But the Ibn Ezra is, of course, interesting, very interesting to us that he felt the... He felt like he uh, wanted to introduce this over here. And the reality is it's an interesting text. It's an important text, but I don't think it's as complicated. But Rashi, and I'm going to say this one more time, Rashi makes problems disappear. When he makes problems disappear, sometimes very good problems appear but it's very easy to learn. Any of the kids who are learning Rashi in school, there's no problem. Forget it. There's no trinity. There's no problems. Everything makes perfect sense. And that's great. On the other hand, when we read the text, it's not as simple as we would have thought. But there is a reason that God came. God came to tell Avraham about what's going to happen in Stone because of Avraham's new significance, of his new um stature of being an Avhamon Goyim. God says, I have to go and share with Avram as well. And and, and again, I'll say is that I, I I think the text is understandable. Yes, there is a difficult turn of phrase over here. Who is he addressing when he says, Aleph Dalad Nunyud? Is he telling God, please wait? Or is he talking to the people? Please come in. And uh, again, that is not a, a new argument. It's an old argument. We're not going to resolve it. As we saw the Rambam Paskins that it's Kodesh, that he's down to God, please wait, which then supports the whole idea of Kabbalat Pnei Hashchina and so on, which by the way is also a lesson that the Rambam distills from all of this. On the other hand, in the Mo'nevuchim, the Rambam goes in a completely different direction, even to the point that the meaning of the word Aleph to Aleph is different, and Avram is talking to the angels and not talking to God. So now you see how open-minded the, the Rambam is, who's able to, in his different books, just read it differently. I mean, I contradict myself in one book, at least the Rambam did it in two different books, but essentially he's telling you that you can read the story in more than one way. Is the Rambam making that up? Of course not. The Chazal already told us you, you can read this in more than one way. And again, as I said, now looking backwards with perhaps some some hindsight, I am really intrigued Regarding uh, why the Ramban was so strong as an attack against the Rambam, and I said that's my uh, my thought. My what, what I'm wondering about was he troubled because he saw this this Ibn this, once the Ibn Ezra told us what's to be troubled about over here. Is that why he was troubled about the Rambam even hinting or thinking or suggesting that one can go in that direction, and therefore he uh, you know full steam ahead. You can't think such a thing. You can't believe such a thing, and you shouldn't say such a thing. And why did you write such a thing? So maybe that explains why the Ramban was so uh, so stringent. So anyway, I hope I didn't waste your time today. I hope that uh, I hope this was interesting. And afterwards, you say, "Well, what do you talk about?" Well, I just talked about the Trinity. No, that's not all that I spoke about. I uh, I, I did speak about Judaism a little bit as uh, as well.